You're listening to the Trace Church Rock Rimmon podcast. Well, good morning, Trace Online. Man, we are pumped to have each and every one of you with us this morning, or maybe you're tuning in at a later time. Regardless, we're really excited to have you with us. Hey, really quick, I want to share a story with you. A couple weeks ago, we were kind of in that mode, that morning mode of trying to get our kids ready for school, and our four-year-old Madison uh, was giving us a little bit of trouble, and we're like, Madison, we started to change our tone. Madison, get upstairs, change out of your pajamas, and get your outfit on. We got to get to preschool. So Madison stomps up the stairs, and as if she's on a stage of performance, turns around when she gets to the top of the stairs and says, why did Jesus have to create outfits? Why couldn't he just make pajamas? <laughs> I think maybe you'll give that an amen this morning from home. And uh, the only reason I share that with you is because for the next three weeks, we're going to be bringing church to you in your home. And so feel free to stay in your pajamas. But once again, like we're incredibly pumped that you've joined us during this time. And especially because today we're kicking off a new three-week series called Good News. And let me start with a very obvious question. Could you use some good news? I mean, Lord knows that over this year, we have experienced our lifetime full of bad news. And so maybe you could use some good news, but I hope you know this. I hope we know this, that regardless of the craziness that we're experiencing with this, with this uh, crisis with COVID-19, regardless of how much our circumstances are not ideal, I hope that we know that there's still so many things there's so many things that we can still be grateful for. I mean, let's start with some basic things. Let's start with some, some elementary things. This week in Colorado Springs, it's going to be in the mid-60s in December. That's some good news. We have an In-N-Out burger in Colorado Springs now. That is some good news. For those of you that are Mandalorian fans, we just found out the name of Baby Yoda. Now, I'm not going to give a spoiler alert here, so I won't mention the name. And maybe that's not good news for you. Maybe you're like, I just want to call him Baby Yoda. I don't want to call him by this new name. So maybe that's not good news. But let me get serious for a moment. Last week, I challenged us to bring in more supplies. And honestly, I kind of got in our face a little bit. And I said, you know what, guys? We're, we're not really following through here. We're not really... Uh, showing what we would typically show as a church. As Trace Church, we typically were all in to help and make somebody else's story better, but we hadn't been receiving the supplies that we were hoping we would receive from you for the quarantine and care kits. And so I challenged you and you met that challenge. And this week, many of you have been bringing supplies to us and it couldn't have been at a better time. Throughout this week, our team and people in our church have been picking up these quarantine kits and taking them to people's houses. And I wanna, I wanna share a story for you really quick. And it's actually not even, it's not even one of our quarantine care kits, but it was somebody that knew that we were doing that here at church. And she decided that she was going to take some donuts to one of her friend's houses. A friend that had let her know that things were just not looking good for her. And she was struggling deeply with different types of mental illness and just feeling incredibly discouraged. And so she took a thing of donuts to her front door, knocked on the door and took off. Didn't even you know, stop to say hi. And I want you to, I want you to hold on to this because it, even, it wasn't even her friend that reached out to her to say thank you. It was her friend's husband. And not once, but twice, she texted this, I mean, he texted this girl. He texted this girl that had dropped off the donuts and said, you have no idea how much that made a difference in my wife's life. It's amazing how little effort it takes on our part to be such a huge blessing 
in someone else's life. We're also today, we're putting together about 20 to 30 of those quarantine kits because uh, someone from the Air Force Academy, one of the cadets, if you don't know this, we have several cadets that come to Trace and one of the cadets reached out to us and said, hey, just so you know, we've got a lot of, a lot of cadets up here that are just struggling right now. And she asked us, she goes, is there any way you could get us some of those kits? Because they're not allowed to leave base right now. And so we've got a few people that work up there that said, hey, we can arrange where we can get those kits to them. So this morning, we're actually putting about 20 to 30 of those kits together and bringing them up to them. Listen to me, that, <laughs> that is good news. A few weeks back, I shared with you guys that we had received one of the lowest offerings that we've ever received at Trace in the month of October. We were almost 20% below budget. And so I came to you with a challenge and I said, guys, I know that this is a difficult time and I know there's a lot of things in front of us, but our ministry, the ministry that we're able to do is direct, directly related to your generosity. And so I challenged us, would you be willing to give? Would you be willing to sacrifice financially through this time and give so that we can provide and we can do the ministry that we feel God has called us to do? And I want to let you know that many of you stepped up and many of you were faithful. And in November, we actually reached budget. So for those of you that uh, stepped up and gave to that, thank you so much. I cannot say thank you enough. And one more, one more. About three months ago, um, I stood in front of our church and I said, listen, I don't know this for sure, but I got a feeling that COVID is gonna come back and it's gonna be worse than before. I've got a feeling that it's gonna rear its ugly head again and we potentially will have to go back to doing church online again. And so in preparation for that, what we wanna do is start Trace Church Online. But in order for us to do that, we need about $50,000 for you to invest in equipment, invest in things that are going to allow us to, to broadcast our content, to get our stuff out there to people and make it in such a way that is excellent. And so many of you gave above and beyond to that offering, $50,000, and we were able to implement that equipment that you're getting to experience today. But here's the best news. We have other churches that are in our city that are now reaching out to us and asking, hey, we're shut down or we're in a school and we're not able to actually you know, video and, and do uh, in-person services on Sunday. So could we come to Trace and actually record our services for Sunday? And we've, we've said yes and we've opened our doors. Your investment in the kingdom of God through Trace Church is not just blessing our church, but it's blessing churches all around the city. And that is good news. You've probably seen this by now, but in this last March, uh, John Krasinski decided that he had heard enough bad news, that he had been inundated like you and I. He'd been inundated with so much bad news, especially as COVID started to come on scene and all the, all the craziness that came with that. He said, I've had enough bad news. I'm going to start my own news broadcast in my own home, and I'm going to call it Some Good News, SGN. And it was exclusively made in a way to where he could highlight the good that people were doing for one another, the good that people were doing and how they were extending hope when life hurts. And listen, his first episode in March, his first episode actually has over 18 million views now on YouTube. And we might wonder, like, why? <laughs> why are so many people interested in something like that? And I believe it's because so many of us have probably been on the other side of someone else's compassion and kindness, somebody else extending hope to us when life hurts, that we know how much of a difference that it can make. And so I believe that it's, it's enticing for us to see it when other people do it. It's like we see it and it's like, yes, we can become the good news that others get to experience.
But, and this is a pretty big but, over the last nine months, like since that happened, uh, there's some good news that John Krasinski put out in March. Over the last nine months, the news has not gotten much better. If anything, it's gotten worse. And what's happened is we've begun to experience and be inundated in what some would, would call inoculated by so much bad news that psychologists are now warning us that we need to be careful about something called empathy fatigue. And empathy fatigue is when we see so many bad things happening around us, when we see so much bad news, when we get on news and social media, and we're, again, we're inundated by so much bad news for so long, it starts to become difficult to look at somebody else's misfortune and actually be able to extend empathy because we're just so used to it. Let me make a confession of my own this morning. The last three months, for me, have been three of the more complicated months of my life. Not all bad, but complicated. It's been a season of constant maneuvering as to what we need to do as a church. We plan things, we cancel things, we plan things, we cancel things, and then we have the bigger decision of do we stay open or do we open our doors or do we go to a church online and no matter what decision I make, people are gonna get mad. In October, as I already mentioned, we had one of the lowest percentage giving uh, as far as our budget's concerned, that we've ever had in the history of Trace. And when things like that happen, I have to begin to think about hard decisions that potentially need to be made. I've got four kids in three different schools that have been quarantined seven different times. We determined that my wife needs to quit her job in this season. My dad had open heart surgery six weeks ago and is still having major complications from that surgery. But even if I wanted to go see him, which I do, I can't because of COVID, and listen, I'm not sharing all of this to complain or to get anyone's pity because I promise you I don't need it. And I know that many of your stories are much more difficult than mine. I simply share all of this to illustrate that I've had so many things going on in my own life, that I've had so many things going on personally, that I have become calloused to the pain of those around me. And if most of us are like the rest of us, maybe you're there as well. Maybe you've noticed that you just stopped caring, maybe even just a little bit. You've stopped caring about the pain that people are experiencing around you. And we maybe are experiencing what psychologists call empathy fatigue. And if you even happen to remotely, just even a little bit, you feel like, yes, I think that's starting to become true of me. Let me share something with you. Whenever we feel more desensitized to people's pain, it's in that moment that we need to increase our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit's promptings. Let me say it again. Whenever we start to feel that we're, we're not caring as much about what people are going through anymore, that we're not able to extend as much empathy as we once were able to extend, when, when we begin to feel that, it's in those moments that we need to ask for God to fill us with his Holy Spirit again, that we need to increase our sensitivity to his promptings, which leads me to exactly what I want to talk about today. Today I wanna to talk to us about the Holy Spirit because if you're anything like me and you started to become calloused a little bit to the pain and the misfortune of people's lives around you, I think now is the opportunity, now's the time for us to be reminded of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in and through our lives. And so today, I thought it would be a great opportunity for, to remind us of who he is and what he wants to do and in your life and in mind 
and how great of a gift, listen to me, how great of a gift it is that we actually have the spirit of the living God living inside of us. Listen to me, that is good news. It's good news that the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. In other words, everything and anything that this world could throw at you, he is still greater. Because he that is in you is greater, greater than your depression, your marriage problems, your troubled teen, your skeptical spouse, your loneliness, your job situation, your sickness. He's greater than any problem, any source of pain or global pandemic that may come our way. And if that is true, which I believe, I believe it is to the bottom of my toes, if that is true, then listen to me. He knows exactly what you need to do, regardless of what is in front of you. Can you let that just soak in for a moment? Like, why, why do we need to be talking about the Holy Spirit right now? Why do we need to be thinking through this idea of being filled by the Holy Spirit and inviting God's Spirit to prompt us again and to be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit in our life? Right now, there's a lot in front of us, a lot. And he knows exactly what you need to do, regardless of what is in front of you. I want to show you something that Jesus said regarding the Holy Spirit that over the years has increased my own curiosity. It's made me think through and really even ask the question, do I fully, like have I fully understood, do I fully understand how much of, it, how much of a gift it is that God's spirit lives inside of me? And it's actually in John chapter 16 and Jesus says this, he says, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good. In other places it says, or in other versions of the Bible, to your benefit or for your advantage. So let me read it again. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good. It is to your benefit. It is for your advantage that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, then I will send him to you. Did you catch it? because you probably not spent enough time in this text. I know that I haven't, because what Jesus is saying, he's saying, it's better that I leave. I, yeah, I'm walking with you right now. And again, he's talking to the disciples. I'm walking with you right now. I'm here with you in the flesh. You're able to interact with me. And that probably feels really good. It's, I mean, I'm the son of God. I'm the Messiah. Who wouldn't want to do that? But he says, it's better. It's to your advantage that I leave, because unless I leave, then I can't send you my spirit. In other words, Yes, a lot of us would love this idea and this notion that Jesus is beside us, but he's saying, no, it's better that I'm inside of you. Instead of being beside you, let me be inside of you. It's better for me to be in you than beside you. And I don't know if you've taken the time to think through that, but the more that I contemplate on that very phrase alone, the more I begin to ask the question, have I fully understood and do I fully understand how incredible it is that the spirit of the living God is inside of me. I want to point out another text to you in John chapter 14. Jesus actually goes into more depth in this particular text than he does any other time on who the Holy Spirit is. And he points out something that I think is incredibly important for us today. So let me read this to you. He says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate, the Holy Spirit who will never leave you. Now again, I think this is one of those moments in the text where we just need to pause because somebody right now maybe just needs to hear that alone. That may be worth the price of admission right there. He will never leave you. 
regardless of how your story reads, regardless of what you've done, regardless of what's in your rearview mirror, he will never leave you. Once you put your faith and trust in Jesus and he gives you the promised Holy Spirit, he will never leave you. Friends, that is good news. He will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. That's good news. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you. And now he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Now, I'm not sure if you caught it, but I think this is incredibly important. In this text, again, the text where we actually see Jesus describe the Holy Spirit the most, he actually says the same thing twice. Like of all the things he could have potentially said about the Holy Spirit, he actually repeats himself. He says, in the beginning, he says, he will never leave you. And then he says, he will not abandon you. He will never leave you. And then he will not abandon you. Why does Jesus feel necessary to actually say the same thing twice? Because he's Jesus. And he knows, and he knew, that a lot of us are probably going to land in different moments in our life where we've done something where we've lived in such a way, where we've used this body and abused this body in such a way that we start to question, we start to ask the question, we start to, to think to ourselves, could God still love me because of everything that I've done? Could the Holy Spirit still be inside of me based on everything that I've done to this body and with this body? And we begin to question, and I think Jesus knew that. I think he knows that. And so in this text, two different times, I'll never leave you. Hey, listen, listen, listen. I will not abandon you, regardless of what you've done. So if we know that God has not abandoned us, if we know the Spirit of God will stay in us, even in spite of our rebellion, then how do we begin to take a heart that has become calloused over the years and make it healthy again? It's simple, but it's not easy. We just start saying yes to the Holy Spirit. Not when it's convenient. Not when everything around us is burning down because of the decisions we've made. It's not then. It's moment to moment in our lives, inviting the Spirit of God to guide us. Listen to me. It will always, always, if you're watching right now and you're in some kind of forum where you can text a message in, listen, say always, type in always. It will always, type in always, wherever you're watching from, it will always be to your advantage to invite the Spirit of God to help you and to guide you. Always. Let me show you what Paul says in Galatians chapter 5. He says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. Now, there could be some people listening or watching and you're kind of thinking, man, this is, I'm kind of new to all this and all this Holy Spirit talk. It sounds kind of crazy. You know, it's a little bit strange. I'm not necessarily used to this kind of you know, information and not sure what the whole, you know, dialogue should be about the Holy Spirit. And even you, listen, if, even if you're new to this, even if this sounds incredibly strange or foreign to you, even you know that there's something inside of you 
There's something inside of you that is trying to pull you away from certain decisions, away from foolish decisions, away from things that you'll regret later, like waiting hours for a cheeseburger at In-N-Out. I mean, let's be honest, that's foolish. But the Holy Spirit is constantly trying to move us and direct us and keep us away from decisions that are going to create future regret. God is not a dictator. Listen to me. Jesus is not a dictator. He's a savior. And because he's a savior, he is trying to save you from future pain and future regret. And our lives won't ever naturally drift towards the ways of God. Our lives won't naturally drift towards the purposes of God. Our lives will naturally drift away from what God wants from us. And the Holy Spirit's job is to create within us the desires of Jesus. He wants to produce within us the ways of Jesus. And so he pulls us and he convicts us and he helps us to see, don't do that. Don't go there. Don't open that. Don't drink that. Don't smoke that. Don't say yes to her. Don't open that door. Because he's trying to create a story. Listen to me. He's trying to create a story for us that is worth telling. The Holy Spirit's job, his main job, is to produce the life of Jesus in each and every one of us. And so what happens? What happens when that voice starts to diminish? And it won't diminish on its own. What happens when we start to turn away from that voice, when we start to neglect that voice, when we start to neglect those promptings, and when we know that God is pulling us and directing us and trying to guide us in a different direction, and we just completely, I mean, you know it, it you're saying no. Like, there's no other way around. It's like, yes, I know this is what God wants me to do or what God doesn't want me to do. And you simply just say, no, I'm going to do my own thing. And for what it's worth, that was a story of my younger life. What happens when we do that over a consistent amount of time? Well, the Bible says that our heart, it starts to become hardened. Let me show you what the author says of Hebrews in chapter 3. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, and indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end, as, as has just been, I can't even say that, as has just been said, today if you hear his voice, today if you hear the voice of the Spirit. Today, if you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, moment by moment, not when it's convenient. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Now, let's take a moment and get real because we've all done it, right? I mean, we've all done this. We've all felt the Spirit of God guiding us, directing us, convicting us, prompting us, in a different direction. And we said no. Because maybe the thing that we felt like the Spirit of God didn't want us to do, like whatever that was in front of us, it's like, hey, I know you don't want me to do this, God, but I think it's gonna feel good. I mean, this is going to feel fun. The thing that you're wanting me to say no to, like, I, it's gonna give me some pleasure. I mean, if I say yes to him or her, if I smoke that, drink that, take that, click that, it's gonna bring me some... Well, now that you've had a little bit of time to think about it, what did it bring you? Some pain? Some regret? Maybe a story that you don't want to tell? Trace, it will always be, always, it will always be to our benefit 
to allow the spirit of God to guide us moment by moment. And so if you've arrived at a place today, like I did a few weeks ago, where you're realizing, you know what? My heart has become a little hardened. My heart has become a little calloused. You don't have to fear if that's a place that you're going to be from this point forward. No, he will never abandon you. And God will replace your heart of stone with a heart of flesh. I want to share a story with you of something that happened to me a couple weeks ago as I'm kind of discerning everything that I'm talking about with you this morning. I was kind of discerning that with God. I'm like, God, I'm, I am hardened. My heart has become hardened. My heart has become callous. I don't feel like I can be very empathetic to other people, at least as much as I once could. And so I began to kind of spend some time with my Heavenly Father and just asking Him to search me and kind of just pause and have more time of reflection and, and meditation. And, all right, God, what do you want me to see that I'm not seeing right now? Like, what do people need? Help me to become more empathetic. And it was in those moments where I felt like God was saying, Aaron, I think one of the number one things that you guys can do as a church right now in extending hope when life is hurting is to offer more counseling. And so if you didn't hear my message last week, we've already determined that we're going to pay for each and every one of you, if you want it, to have a session with Dr. Trent that we want to pay for that for you. And so if you feel like you need some counseling right now, uh, feel free to reach out to him. If you need his information, we'll get it to you. We sent it out in some communication last week. But as I'm processing through that, I'm thinking even bigger than that. I'm like, God, what do you want to do with our church? How do you want to, this is your church. How do you want to use this church in this season? And I just kept coming back to, man, people are going to need counseling through these moments. And I'm like, well, what if we started like a counseling center? What, what if we, what would that look like? The next day, Dr. Trent called me and he said, hey man, I want to talk to you about something. I want to talk to you about something I feel like God's been putting on my heart. And he goes into this really long explanation. It's as if he felt like he needed to convince me of something. And what he was trying to convince me of is why he thinks we should probably start a counseling center. And he goes on and on and on, probably for five minutes. I'm like, all right, bro, shut up for a second. God put the same thing on my heart yesterday. And so obviously there's some cohesion here and we need to talk through this. And so it's like, where would we do that? Because if you don't know this, we don't have a lot of office space here at Trace. And so I'm like, well, what, let me go next door to the guys here at Trace. There's a place called Wicked Think and it's a marketing company. And I don't think they're using a lot of their offices right now. I think they've gone remotely. And so let me go over there and talk to them. So I went over and talked to one of the owners of Wicked Think and God had already been working on that guy's heart and God had been moving in his life. And I said, hey man, you know, this is not a money maker for us. This is just one way that we feel like we can extend hope and life hurts, but we need some office space. And he says, don't need to say anymore. We got a couple offices right over here. Here's a key to our building. Feel free to come whenever you need it. Don't underestimate the spirit of God in your life. He can do things that are far beyond what we could ever think or imagine. Let me close with this passage. Therefore, Paul says when he's writing to the Roman church, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Christ Jesus, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems 
and trials, for we know that they will help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope, and this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us. Don't miss it. Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. In a season where it feels like so much has been taken away from us, may we ask for God to fill our hearts with his spirit and his love and his compassion and his kindness once again. Trace, may we become the good news that others are looking for. Let me pray for us. Father, I pray that if anything, this message causes people to think more about how they need to invite the guidance of your Holy Spirit within them, that we need to invite you to prompt us more, and that we need to be obedient when we feel those promptings, that we need to keep saying yes to your Spirit over and over and over again, moment by moment. And God, I truly believe that when we do that, our heart becomes filled with your love love that we can share and compassion and kindness that we can share with others, that our lives, that we can truly become the good news that others are looking for. And so God, if people are watching today that maybe have landed in this moment in time, feeling like their heart has become too callous, that it's too late for them, would you remind them that you will never abandon them, that your spirit will never leave them, and if they want to begin to transform their heart over once again, that all they simply need to do is say yes to your Holy Spirit. Maybe someone listening for the first time today or maybe hearing all of this for the first time today and maybe they've never given their life over to Jesus from the very beginning, God, that you would, you would help them to see that this is a promise that you've given them. The way that they can be promised of salvation is by receiving Jesus into their life. And when they do that, that you seal them with a promised Holy Spirit as you tell us in Ephesians, that you literally seal their salvation, that their assurance of being in heaven one day is secured because they have received the gift of your Holy Spirit. And so God, if somebody needs to make that decision today, God, would you move powerfully in their heart, in their mind, help them to confess their sin, to acknowledge that Jesus is the only way to you and to hand their life over to you. God, that's what we want to see. We love you. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.